Today's message comes from Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 34 through 46. And it reads from the New Revised Standard Version. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the spirit calls him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor, for, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The word of the Lord. You know, I don't think that there's have really been a, a long period of time, uh, if, if I really think about it or as I thought about it in the sermon preparation, where I didn't believe, so to speak, in the authority of God. Of course, I talked several weeks ago, maybe several months ago, that there was a time where I questioned God in my life but I don't think that there was a time where I literally denounced or denied the authority of God. Now, perhaps that belief or that thought process or that acceptance is, is embedded in me because of the way that I was brought up. I was brought up in a, a Christian home, in a, a Christian community. That's all I remember growing up. And and also, I can attest to the fact that even in hard times in my life and in hard times in other people's lives that I've been afforded the opportunity to experience with them or walk with them, I was able to always see God in the midst of all of that. Perhaps not at that time, but when I looked back and I reflected, I, I could always see God. In fact, in, in one of my early, earlier traditions that we used to always say that there was power in the name of Jesus. I, I remember my mother praying over us and, and constantly calling the name of Jesus. And obviously as a young kid, you know, I just said, okay, well, that's just what Christians do. But obviously when I got older and, and started parenting my own children and, 
and watching them get sick and knowing that there was nothing that I could do to change that, I did remember calling on the name of Jesus. And obviously, and we use Jesus in our English dialect. Of course, we can say Yeshua. We can say so many different things to attribute to the name of Jesus. However, we know that there is power. We know that Jesus have authority. In fact, we believe that Jesus is indeed Lord of the Lord. However, we find in this text where at least some people either had a disbelief or perhaps they were misinformed or they didn't really understand the identity of Jesus. And, 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 and to be honest, I, I kind of understand it because throughout the scriptures or the Old Testament, we know it alluded to the coming of Jesus. But more specifically in the psalm, we would hear constantly where Jesus or the coming of the Messiah was referred to as the Son of Man. And more specifically in this case, Jesus being declared or or known as the son of David. Now, what's so amazing about this part right here that that the Pharisees, it wasn't a matter of them uh, trying to further their case, so to speak, but Here we find them testing Jesus, which we've discovered that in the previous lectionary reading. We find the Pharisees basically trying to get a leg up on Jesus. And really, they're trying to get a leg up on the Sadducees. Because when we read the beginning of that text, they said that Jesus Jesus basically had already put the shame, the Sadducees. But the Pharisees, who are more legalistic was trying to show that they were uh, so much above everyone when it came to the law. Now, and, and what's so amazing about that, that, that they tested him with one of the dumbest questions in the world. Every Jewish person knows the greatest commandment. Even if they didn't practice it, I would I would gauge when you go and you you read history or you study history, everyone knew that the greatest commandment was to put God first, to give God your all with your mind, with your body, with your soul, with everything. And and of course, the second is very, very much so like it as Jesus answered, because the Jewish people were a community. So it was imperative for them to love their neighbors. So even with them trying to get a leg up on Jesus, they wasn't very smart in asking him that question. But needless to say, Jesus answered. But Jesus did something that he, we have seen him do in several of the other lectionary readings. He reversed the challenge on them. And he asked them a very powerful question. He said, who is the Messiah? In other words, who do you believe is the Messiah? Now, considering the fact that the Jewish people, they did believe in the coming of the Messiah, and to them the Messiah was supposed to be a great warrior. 
Someone who was supposed to free them from the Roman Empire. No way did they ever imagine that Jesus was the Messiah. Perhaps they didn't. Some we know did believe that he was the Messiah, but they, they couldn't say anything out loud because they would be deemed uh, uh, a heretic, so to speak, in that time. But Jesus takes it a step further and he, he says, how in the world could the Messiah be the son of David? When in fact David quoted Psalm 121. It came from 121 where David says to the Lord of the Lord that I believe that you will make my enemies my footstool. So in other words, David was acknowledging the Lord of all. But the Pharisees couldn't deal with that. It was too complex for them because, again, for them to accept him as the Messiah would have thrown everything that they were teaching and everything that they, they believed, they would have threw it way off. You know, as we think about it, though, the Pharisees, they were actually correct. Jesus is indeed the Son of Man. And if I can get a little theological without using the big words, let me kind of explain that. Jesus was indeed born from a woman who is a human being, and she is part of the lineage of David. In fact, the lineage is the tribe of Judah. So he was indeed born of flesh and blood. He is indeed very much so a man. Now, the other part of that that I think is very important for us to embrace or embrace his humanity and not deny the fact that he is the, the son of man, we find in all of his humanity a perfect example for us. I think it's important for us to understand or embrace or accept the fact that he is the son of man because God revealed God's self in so many non-human forms as we discovered in the Old Testament. He showed himself in the burning bush, fire. He showed himself through the wind. He showed himself in so many other non-human forms, more specifically Nature. Of course, that tactic was all well and fine, but if you really think about it, that shows the essence of God uh, in a more horrific form, so to speak. If a burning bush starts talking to you or appear to you, yeah, you're probably going to be in fear more than in reverence, so to speak. The fear is going to start to supersede everything. But I think God and all of God's self understood how important it was to pour God's self into the form of a human being because it makes Jesus more relatable. He lived. He breathed. He suffered, 
He experienced heart, heart, heartaches. He even was hungry. That's very relatable for us. Even if you don't believe or you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, by the mere fact, according to scriptures, he did so many things that's very similar to us. Perhaps he healed people so much greater than us. I don't think I've ever had the ability to touch someone and they come back to life. Yeah, I don't think that I have that power. But he is still relatable in all of his humanity. The other part of that, why I believe it's so important for us to accept Jesus as the Son of Man, because his compassion, his love, his, his truth towards justice, his grace, the way that he displayed a stellar, stellar personality of character. Yet, he is still so much more than just the Son of Man. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of all. And if you don't believe it, it, go back into Scripture and you would find where, where God the Creator, God the Father, looks down on Jesus doing his baptism and he says, this is my son. In, in one version it says, this is my son for whom I am well pleased. And another part says, this is my son, listen to him. He was given authority over all creation, whether you believe or accept his authority or not. He is still Lord of all. He is the Lord of the heavens. He is the Lord of the earth. He is the Lord of nature. He is Lord of all. And my friends, I believe it's, it, 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 is, it is so incumbent upon us to connect ourselves to the Lord of Lord. I've lived long enough in my life, and I've gotten to a certain point where I'm pretty stubborn, and certain things I'm just not going to change. Yes, I'm still a young man, but just certain things I'm just going to hold on to. And for me, that's believing and embracing and accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You can debate all you want to, but where's Elizabeth? The burden of proof is on what? The prosecutor. You have to prove your point to me. I believe what I believe. Regardless of how it may appear, regardless of, of how chaotic things may seem. And I know there are some people who say, where is God in the midst of all these things? I just dare to believe that he's there. I believe that he's there. Against all odds, my, my grandmother used to say, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I just believe he's going to do it. I do believe that God is a way maker, even when it seems like there's no way. 
There's a song that even says that he is the lily in the valley. He is the bright and morning star. I just dare to believe that he is Lord of all. That gives me hope. That gives me, gives me confidence. It gives me a assurance that I can run the race that is before me. Although I can't see what's ahead of me, I just dare to believe in all of Jesus' lordship that he's way ahead of me. And he's also with me. And when I dare to act cray-cray, He keeps drawing me back. Oh, my friends, that's worthy of some praise. That's worthy of you stretching out on faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Dare yourself. To make God, make Jesus your Lord. Dare yourself to embrace and accept Jesus as Lord over creation. Dare yourself to share the fact that he's Lord of all. That's the part that I think is even more important for loving your neighbors. Will Bailey in Costa Rica said something very profound to me when I went to Costa Rica last year. Um, uh, I rode with him um, to our campsite, which was about three hours from the main work site, just me and him. And he said something that was very profound to me. He said that he knows that he loved God so much. Considering all the things that God has done for him and and, and his wife, Yolanda, and, and how things worked out for the Costa Rica Mission Project. And he said that that he was lying in bed one night and he said just as clear as day he felt the spirit urging him and t- or tugging him saying, well, you say that you love me so much. Why won't you dare yourself? To share that for the rest of your life with other people. If you love God so much or you believe that God is Lord of all, why would you keep that to yourself? Somebody else needs to be blessed. Someone else needs to experience God perhaps greater than what you experience. By the fact of you talking about Jesus as being Lord, you may make a big difference. You may stop an argument. Oh, my gosh. You may bring about some peace. But likewise, let me, let me say this, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this very quickly. Don't waste your time debating with someone about what you believe or not believe. Shake off the dust of your sandals. Peace. And you keep it moving. Because you can lose a witness. And you can prevent the spirit from working in your life. Hold on to what you believe. In fact, hold on to your hope by faith. 
Jesus is Lord of all, my friends. That's my absolute. You can believe what you want to believe. You can disbelieve what you want to disbelieve. But that's the greatest decision that I ever made. And I would love for everyone in here to at least try Jesus. If you haven't tried him for yourself, I dare you. As, as we were kids, we used to say, I trip a dog, dare you. Try Jesus. I promise you it would be the best decision that you've ever made in your life. But you have to have some persistence. You have to be intentional about grooming and developing that relationship. Don't just try Jesus or get high and mighty and say, yeah, I love the Lord. And you don't cultivate that relationship. You have to take time to spend time with the Lord. And the more and more you spend time with the Lord, the more and more I believe that the Lord will reveal God's Lordship to you. Make it personal. But don't keep it to yourself. Let's make it communal. Amen? Jesus is Lord of Lords. I hate the fact that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Essenes at that particular time, or the Zealots, were too prideful to embrace that. I get it. But they missed out on so much that we, they missed out on a whole lot that we're experiencing now. And I will say this in closing, and it is, I kind of got off on a tangent, but thank you, Holy Spirit. Theologically, let me make it correct for us, okay? Jesus is the Son of Man, and he's also the Son of God. He's both. He is both. You can attempt to explain it all day long outside of the scripture. Good luck. But as Jesus reminded the Pharisees, it was by the spirit that even David knew that. Which means that above and beyond everything, my friends, we have to trust what the spirit is telling us. And if for some reason you have a hard time with it, wrestle. It's okay for you to wrestle. It's okay for you to say, God, I just don't get this Lord of all things. I think that's when God works at God's best. God is still proving God's self to, to us, although God does, he doesn't have to prove himself, but he understands our fickleness. He understands that we are shallow. He understands that we are inquisitive. And he's gracious and merciful enough to us to reveal himself to us in so many ways. Lord of all shouldn't be a catchphrase. It shouldn't be uh, just something that you do because you're attached to a church. Remove the church and make the relationship with God above and beyond everything. And your relationship within the church and everything else, even with your neighbors, 
will become so much greater.